Hi, and welcome to Wasted Takes episode 56, the Lawrence Taylor Andre Tippett episode. If it's an warm LT, welcome. Yeah, uh, we are. This is the Super Bowl preview. Well, not really. Next week will be our full Super Bowl preview. This is the Championship Weekend recap episode. I'm joined as always by Tucker, Dylan, and Cam. How are we doing, boys? Fresh off the slopes. Alrighty. Well, winners and losers. I can't give you a winner of a point because I forgot to do poll. So we still stand at one point for everyone except for me. Um, and in terms of winners, for me, I think I went undefeated this weekend. I think I'm still yeah. leading, leading the way for Wasted Takes for that coveted title that Dylan currently holds of best playoff picker. Um, other than that, I mean, what else we got for winners and losers? Any, any Green Bay takes? Any Buffalo takes? Me for being a Buffalo non-believer and saying they should lose. That's a big, big winner for me. Um, they're going to come back stronger, I think, because of it. Um, any other any other winners or losers we could think of? Um, I feel like I had one, but I don't remember. I mean, everyone knew who the Chiefs were, and they came out and just were the Chiefs. So I'd say we're all winners for knowing the Chiefs are really good at football. I um, I know I picked the Bills, but I picked the Chiefs at the beginning of the year and every single pick after to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. Uh, I think I had the Saints. I, did anybody have the Bucks? I think Dylan did, right? Have the Bucks originally? No, did anybody Dylan have them the out the gate? No, I had the Seahawks. Oh, Seahawks. Cam, did you have the Bucks out the gate when it, going to the Super Bowl? I have to go back, but I feel like at one point I might have mentioned it, but I can't say for certain. I had the I, feel like I had did. Tampa Bay with the Tampa Bay trifecta. You did have that, so that's still in play. Not really, but the double yeah. double up is still. They all in made play. it. They all made it. So yeah. That's, that's, Partial, partial points. Half, half of a All right. Um, other than that, I mean, loser, me and Tucker, Brady hate continues, but he still wins. Um, so let's jump right, in, right into Wasted Takes. I have a Wasted Take, if you guys will allow me to lead off. If anyone wants to leapfrog me, they can. But hey, You know what? I'll leapfrog you. And I got to take... I'll leapfrog first. I leapfrogged you who leapfrogged him. I double leapfrogged. Now I'm so first. goes first. All right, I'll start it off. <laughs> wow, I'm surprised everybody has a take. I don't. I'm try- I'm scrambling. <laughs> all right, let's not make Dylan go first then. Uh, uh, all right, I'll go first. Um, so this is um, a real take. It's based off the same premise of Cam's take but actually has something. So uh, mine's about the Colts next year and their quarterback situation. Uh, The Colts are going to need a quarterback next year. I think the best option right now for the Colts is Matt Stafford. It's not close. And I'm going to jump even further and say, if the Colts get Matt Stafford, they win the Super Bowl. Wow. I love this take. (laughs) I just... Hear me out. This team has a great defense. They have a really solid run game. They have an incredible offensive line. I think the only thing they're missing right now is a quarterback. If they draft well, maybe get a wide receiver. And I think this team is an absolute lock for a title contender and can compete with the likes of the Chiefs. And I think I also think Frank Reich is a top coach in the NFL. Well, I'm I'm certainly proud of you. This is a legitimate take. Like this is a hot take, and I and I will have no problem if you win take of the week on this one. This is a good take. Um, 
I am eager to see how Matt Stafford plays outside of Detroit because he's got a lot riding on his shoulders right now. If he comes out of Detroit and it's just an absolute stinker for a good team like the Colts, then he's got a lot of explaining to do. Um, they both play in domes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, those stadiums are like exactly like they're the big square stadiums, right? It's not Hear like me out. Detroit's like yes. Matt Stafford, like is so underappreciated. Even Aaron Rodgers had a quote that was um, a guy who probably doesn't get anywhere near the credit for doing shit like that all the time. He wears number nine and play, plays for Detroit. And as they were yeah. talking about, like, Pat Mahomes, Mahomes. no-look passes, like, yeah, Matt Stafford's been doing it for years, just no one gives a shit when he does it. 100% agree he needs to get out of there. I'm glad he's finally doing it, and I hope he is successful wherever he goes. I think he And if he it. does it? And Locking I him in as a Hall of Famer. Oh yeah, I already have him as a Hall of Famer. I think we He's had like, this discussion in episode yeah, one. Yeah, we did. Uh, he is literally I, like a team wise, he was on the worst team than Phil Rivers, but numbers wise, he's right up there. Yeah. So I think, like I said, when Cam made his cold steak that I hated, that was so weak. Um, that was like if. If they got a good Andrew quarterback, Luck then they might be good. Better <laughs> they might be good. They might compete for a title. Like, that's Cam. Like, this is how you make a cold steak right here, Tucker. You just outclass <laughs> I think they definitely could compete. Wait, and if, if he plays the way he did in Detroit with a supporting cast around him that they have, Cam's right. They don't have a tight end. I, but... I have to go next, by the way, because mine is just perfect for the next one. Okay, and I, I think this is possible, Tucker. I'll say that. I... I, I Still think the Chiefs are going to be hard to beat in the AFC. The Bills are rising up, uh, but they're going to be up there. They're going to be up there with the likes of them if if he is as advertised. Uh, Dylan, any thoughts on Stafford to the Colts and a Super Bowl victory for Indianapolis? Uh, Stafford to the Colts is not inherently a waste to take. The, the waste to take is that they're going to win with him. Yeah. Um, and I, I applaud Tucker for giving it that extra. Like you know what? I'll I'll go one step further. That's what I love to do, and they're always wild and crazy. And I, I applaud Tucker for that. I don't think that this is really going to happen, but the Colts will be way better with Matt Stafford. That's for sure. Cam, anything else? Yeah, I, I love this day. Um, I don't think he's going to go to the Colts. If he does, I will be so fine with that. Colts are top two favorite team line, and I think everything's pretty spot on. Like I said last week, I made Andrew Luck as a reference, but... I mean, yeah, Matt Stafford goes there. They're easily Super Bowl contenders. All right, Cam, jump into yours. Um, yeah, going off of that, uh, talking about Matt Stafford, Lions, all that, um, I think the Lions are going 0-16 again. First team to ever do it. First team to ever go 0-16 twice. And I think this has to do with um, their head coach hire, who is exactly what Trey explained as just a meathead. Yeah. He literally, his press conference was word for word what Trey said is terrible. Um, we're going to go out there. We're going to go ball to the wall. We're going to, we're going to punch it to them. When they get up, we're going to kick their knees in. Um, awesome. No, you're not. Dominican Sue's not on the team anymore. I can't name four players on our team. Um, my quarterback prediction for the Lions next year has changed. I think they'll be lucky to get Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, nobody wants to go there. They're going to have to get a free agent. Nobody's, I mean, 
I don't know. The Colts have. If he goes to the, if Stafford goes to the Colts, who do they have to trade away? They don't have. I mean, Brissett maybe. Um, so, I think the Lions are doomed next year. No hope, no faith. DeAndre Swift was adequate at best, and their defense was unheard of. Jeff Okuda haven't heard much from him in a while. So, Lions are going on 16 again. How's that for a waste of tape? Um, I like it. I like it. And you're 100% right. I hated their head coaching hire. If the first thing you do is come in and say, we're going to bite people's kneecaps off, then you're a bad head coach. Um, yeah, that'll, that'll rile people up. That'll get headlines, but that's not like the type of coaching mentality that you need to have to be a winner. Uh, you're right. They have nobody. Matt Stafford has been stuck there and just like people forget. I feel like people forget how good he is because he's been stuck there. And, um, they they keep draft. It seems like every year they draft a cornerback. Like they had, uh, what's his name, Slay, and now they have Okuda, and those guys play there for four years, don't win any games, and say, okay, I'm out. And uh, the I've heard whispers that the Fords are terrible owners. I agree with this take. I think there is a very solid chance they go 0 16. They're gonna be horrible next year. Tucker. Uh, yeah, I'm not buying the 0-16. I liked his press conference. I, I said that to you guys. It's like a this guy's awesome press conference. And you guys all were like, yeah, this team's going to be awful forever. Which was shocking to me. Because I'm like, you know what? He feels like the Ed Ogeron type of coach. Just like That works in college. Motivator. Does not work. Well, he's a motivator. You got position coaches if, to teach him how to play football. Head coaches there to I, I don't know, to motivate you. And that's what this guy's going to do. That's he's going to turn the Lions franchise around. I really, truly believe in Mr. So your take off of that is head coaches are only there to motivate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to spin zone it in his favor. But um, I like him. He seems fun. <laughs> so you think Bill Belichick... He's such a great coach because he's a good motivator. Because he gets, he definitely gets the boys riled up with gets great in your face. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. He gets Still? in your face and he comes at you. He holds everyone accountable. There's different ways to go about the same thing. Dylan, uh, th- this is a Bobby Valentine situation. This guy, uh, I listened to that, that press conference too, and he sounds like he has no idea what he's talking about. Um. Like Trey said, pure meathead guy. Definitely, like, what do you have to say about the team? You know, we're just going to run over people, and when everybody gets all up on the other team, we're going to just be more exciting than them. Like, I, I don't know what, I don't know what going through this guy's head. I'm going to call Trey a winner because he called this one last week. Um, 0 and 16 might be a stretch, but if they don't have Matt Stafford and this guy's at the helm, they might not win a game. So. Good on ta- good on Cam. He's chefing up wasted takes like he is that chicken. I like it. It's confirmed they're not having. They're not going to have that stuff. Yeah, I yeah. said that. So they're going from Matt Patricia, who is a big old tool bag, who I'm very happy to have back in New England. Don't get me wrong. He's good in a coordinator position, but an absolute tool bag to an absolute meathead. So that that'll go well. But all right, I have a wasted take, and this might make Cam upset because. He might claim that it was his first, but I'm making the take on the show. So, Jimmy Garoppolo, Cam, I need, I need that water to not be broadcast. Oh, that was muted. So, Jimmy Garoppolo looks to me 
like he has done in San Francisco. All I hear is San Francisco wants this guy, San Francisco wants that guy. So I think he's out. So I think they're looking for a quarterback. And I think there is an easy option for who they want based on what they did last year in the offseason. Now, if you don't remember, when Brady was up for free agency, a mystery team that came out of nowhere was the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they wanted to bring him back home to Cali. He was very interested in going back home to Cali. And I think there's another Cali boy out there, Northern California guy, that is very interested in going back home, and that's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is your starting quarterback for the 49ers next year. He said in his press conference after the game, after his coach absolutely bungled the game, um, that he want, he's got to reevaluate his future. His future's not clear. I've never heard him say anything like that. Um, he's been a mopey guy. He's been a pouty guy, but I've never heard him say anything like saying that he's going to want to leave Green Bay. I also think Green Bay might want to, might be ready to move on from him. They got love and really you can blame the coach all you want for this game, but Rogers not taking advantage of those uh, three interceptions by Brady uh, really cost them in the third quarter. So I think that the Green Bay Packers are going to go ahead and make a trade. Um, they may trade Garoppolo and pick straight up for Rogers. I don't know if that'll happen, um, but I think that uh, Rogers is going home. He's going to be your starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. I'll start, I suppose. <laughs> um, I'm not mad. I appreciate you giving me credit, as I did point this out first, so feel free to take it. Obviously, I 100% agree. Um, pretty much everything you said is from Cali. Uh, very kind of similar, not similar team, but they got a good defense when the Packers won the Super Bowl that one year. Um, it, they were big defensively. I think the 49ers are going to have to get some weapons for them. So to kind of prove, he, he really only has Devontae Adams and Scaling and Lazard are only good because of him. So, and they built that relationship. They're going to have to get some veteran guys on that team. Kittle's going to be a nice addition uh, for him. But I think this, this makes the most sense. It's just another place he can go to win. I think the Packers... If they aren't ready to move on and they want to keep him, it's going to cost them. I think he, he came out and said that he wants more money, um, which I mean, I would too if, you know, coaching decisions like that are going to be, are going to be happening. So I think he leaves. I think he goes to the 49ers. Um, they're going to have to come up with something. I think he has, is he a free agent? No. No, he's got one year left, two years left. I think he's 2024 is when his contract's up. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could, I could see Jimmy in, in Green Bay. Um, he played it what Eastern. Um, I, I don't think it's a it's a terrible fit. He can play in the cold. He played in New England for a little bit. San Fran's not as cold, but um, yeah, it just makes the most sense. I think I think Rogers should switch it up. Brady did it. Why can't you stay in the NFC though? Teams you know you uh, how to play against, but uh, love it. I also think that I said last week that Matt LaFleur and him figured it out. I clearly was wrong about that. I, he is a guy, he, like I've said before, Rogers is a coach killer. He wants to make it all about him and he wants to be the guy, you know, if he's not getting his numbers, he's not happy and he's willing to blame the coach for a loss like that, even though a large portion of it was on him. So I think him and Matt LaFleur, their relationship's super tense right now. And I think that's all the more reason he's going to want to ask out. 
Uh, Dill, any thoughts? Rogers to the Niners? Yeah, there's a lot of things to digest with this take. First, um, in the press conference after the game, I thought Rogers was speaking more about decisions needed to be made managerial wise from like the from the front office saying maybe the coach did a bad job I don't think I don't know if he was talking about himself as much maybe I didn't listen to enough of the he press said, conference he said everyone's everyone's future is uncertain including my own oh I didn't I didn't catch that part well then there's that um, and I think logically you're right Trey that uh, the 49ers were looking at Brady I think that they embrace a veteran quarterback um, coming to them and Rogers seems to be a good fit there the only thing I would say is that you're saying Rogers wants to go home but he hates his family he doesn't want to go home that's true he hates his, he hates that place so good point that, that, that's my, the first thing Do that came still live there <laughs> I don't know maybe he just left the stain over there he doesn't want to go back um, but in all seriousness logically I think that is one of the best fits uh, for him in his later years, given the situation now. Uh, yeah, well, Rogers has backtracked a lot of the comments he made, and the Green Bay organization has said, like, there's no way we let Rogers leave, basically. And so I'm kind of having a hard time believing that he's going to leave. Personally, who I had on my list for who I think San Francisco is going to have as their quarterback next year is Deshaun Watson. I know he's not. I know that Deshaun doesn't have them at the top of his list. I just feel like he's a better fit. He's a guy that should be on a win-now organization. He shouldn't be on, like, a Jets rebuild or a Dolphins on their way up. I think the 49ers have all the pieces for him to create a franchise. I think – and that's why I think Rodgers would be a good fit if he was going to be on the market. I just think he's going to be in Green Bay next year. But um, I just think that they need an established quarterback. They don't want to draft a rookie there. They clearly aren't happy with Jimmy G. I think that the best option for them is to find a vet like Stafford or Watson in for the 49ers. Let me also say that I don't think they should be done with Jimmy. I don't know why they're even thinking about it why they would be willing to part with him for I like for Brady like yeah Brady's the better quarterback he will always be the better quarterback but he's got maximum four years left and Jimmy could you know he could turn around as long as he stays healthy he's got to figure out how to stay healthy and I think they should not be done with him but I, don't I, th- know. I think the thing with Jimmy is that they see Jimmy as like a seven eight out of ten and if they have value in that to be able to trade to get somebody slightly better for the next few years while they can win, I think that they would take that chance. Yeah. All right, Dale, you got a waste of tape for us? I do. Mine's also Rodgers-related. We've been watching Rodgers play in his entire career as we've watched football. He and the Packers seem to be a team that are very good, reliable uh, during the season. And they have issues uh, winning the big games late. And I said this in the chat while the game was going on. Rodgers will never win a Super Bowl simply because he wears that stupid, long-sleeve, white turtleneck. You don't win football games when you wear garbage clothing like that. You don't win sports games. You don't win in life by wearing turtlenecks. I don't care what the NBA players do. The NBA loves turtlenecks. I hate that league, and a lot of people do elsewhere. So, turtlenecks, bad, especially white long sleeves. 
You will not find a winner who wears white long sleeve turtlenecks. 100%. You can't find All a right. picture of it. Turtleneck, bad news, looks tape. bad, play bad. I don't it, It's just not sports garb. Like, why would you wear a white long sleeve turtleneck? You just look like a loser. I have a lot to break down on this take. This is a classic Dylan Benham take. This is like pristine, like, give it to me, Dylan Benham take. Um, first of all, you said he'll never win a Super Bowl. He already has. No, another one. Oh, okay. Another Super Bowl. And you um, only, it only counts when you win two, and we all know this. I just think he doesn't have the clutch gene, is what it comes down to. Yeah, because because he figures wearing turtlenecks is good for him. It's not. It's bad. Idiot. It's cold in Lambo, dude. Yeah, but, but you I wear, say, wear something else. You just look. You just don't look like a sports guy. When I was a sophomore in high school, and I, and I joined the football team, I had this like neon orange, like turtleneck long sleeve, right? And it was the ugliest thing ever. And I used to wear it for every game when it was cold. And I never touched the field. And that was really smart by our coach because it was. I looked so bad. I know I looked bad. No swag at all. No drip. Uh, even if I went on the field, I wouldn't have been able to do anything. Because I would have had no confidence because I looked like a bum. So there's maybe something to that there. But uh, I just think it boils down to no clutch gene. I don't know if uh, attire factors in. It, 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 it all factors in. It's the mindset. He looks yeah, like no, a, he's a pencil a pusher. Take. Um, Aaron Rodgers has another clutch gene. Did you know that he's like 0-45 when trailing in the fourth quarter with against a team with a winning record? I saw that, yeah. You're, you're never going to be... And I guarantee every single quarterback of the other teams did not wear turtlenecks. Guarantee. I always looked at the Packers as, like, diet patriots. Like, that team that was always good in the, the regular season. Like, always looked like they were going to be a juggernaut. Everybody picked them before the year to play in the Super Bowl. Every year, you heard, this is going to be the year of Rodgers Brady in the Super Bowl. And uh, they just never could get there. So they're like the diet Patriots. They're a well-run organization. They have an elite, elite, top 10 all-time quarterback. But they can't get it done. Cam, go ahead. Did some research. I can confirm that the 2010 NFC Championship game where Rodgers won, he was wearing a white long sleeve turtleneck. No, he always does. I'm not saying saying that uh, it's not... He might win a few games here and there. He can overcome it. But it's it's a bad look, and you play bad when you wear those when you wear that garb. I'm telling you. you, there's always a kid in high school teams or whatever who's always on the bench, and they're always wearing some turtleneck, looking like a dweeb. It's literally Aaron Rodgers. He can overcome it, but it just makes it that much harder for him. <laughs> it's a mindset. You don't wear turtlenecks and be a winner. You just you're a loser when you put it on. All right. That's a don't let him take for you, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's jump into the games. Let's start with the early game. Bucks beat the Packers. Uh, we've discussed the Packers a lot, and let me just say, this is my absolute nightmare. This is the worst thing that could ever happen to me. I've spent the entire first half of this week after the game fighting off so-called Patriots fans that are like, how can you not love what Brady's doing, blah, 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 blah. Listen. This I've said it a million times on this podcast, but I have a new argument. Um, this is people. This is, goes out to the people that are like, how could you root for the Chiefs, the next dynasty? Uh, to that'll hurt the Patriots more than Brady winning. First of all, absolutely not. We could have 100% kept Brady. Belichick decided it was time to move on because he's an idiot and he has a small, small brain when it comes to personnel moves, and um, therefore he let him go. 
So if the Chiefs win, yeah, they're on the road to the next dynasty. It's the first team to go two straight since the Patriots. But you know what? That's inevitable. The Chiefs are going to be good for the next 10 years plus. They have Mahomes. They're going to be good. It's unstoppable. So whether they win this year or next year, it doesn't matter. They're going to keep winning Super Bowls. Mahomes has a real shot at passing Brady. I don't think he will. I don't think he will, but this isn't about the future. It's not about, you know, the Patriots being like, we're the only dynasty in the NFL for the next 20 years. It's about looking back at the past and saying and preserving that and saying we were this dynasty because we had such a great team, not just because we had such a great quarterback. And it's just to me like I, I in terms of the game, I saw it coming from a million miles away. The, the, the Brady picks were unusual. And Tucker, you, I'm sure you'll have much to go in on that, how he didn't play well. Sure, he didn't play well. But again, finds a way to win. Uh, he had some beautiful passes in there uh, to start the game, and that two-minute drill was vintage Brady. Oh, my God. The, he, the Packers make a mistake by not picking off his long bomb down the field. That was a garbage throw. And two plays later, he drops one in the bucket for Scotty Miller, a.k.a. Julian Edelman Light. Um, it's just incredible to see he keeps winning, uh, going for the Super Bowl for the 10th time in his 20 years as a starter. Um, it's unbelievable, and... I am really like I'm going to have to make my pick later for the Super Bowl, but I am just I'm battling in my head still now because how can you bet against this guy in the playoffs? He's just a constant winner. He's made this team around him better. He, like they, they would not be the team they were if they didn't have Tom Brady. Like they just wouldn't have that mentality. They wouldn't have, you know, they wouldn't make the plays when they mattered. And he is a god amongst men. So, uh, Tucker, any thoughts, any thoughts on the Bucks? Uh, did the Tom Brady win this game, or did the Packers lose this game? Packers lost it. I hundred percent agree. Yeah, I mean, not, I mean, I guess he did enough to win, but he did very little. I, I mean, first half was incredible, but it was also so, ended with a terrible play by, I mean, terrible play call by the Packers to just leave someone in single coverage on that route. Uh, Cam, we were about to say something. Yeah, this is like cut the one it. Rodgers obviously lost. I mean, essentially Rodgers, maybe not the reason they lost, but he capitalized on the turnovers. Brady did. And after saying Brady threw three picks, only this many yards, this many touchdowns, Aaron Rodgers did this, okay. But the three picks didn't turn into anything. So if he throws the first pick and let's say Ron on it, he probably doesn't throw another one. He had a, a lead. They never. Because he had the lead, he knew how to saying. Um, Dick wouldn't have thrown another pick because that's not how Tom Brady works. He says, "I can't throw a pick, or else I'll have a chance to win." And he doesn't throw the. So, the 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 Packers lost this game. The refs didn't help, but the Packers still lost the game. I mean, refs aside, that was just kind of dumb decision making all over the place. Three turnovers can't capitalize on. Um, Brady is in a, a treat. Um, Bruce Arians. Are we going to talk about the Super Bowl preview at all? Yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit, but we'll get more in depth next week. Okay, I'll stop it. I'll stop there. Okay, yeah, no, it's 100%. I think that the turning point in this game and the big takeaway from this game was the turnovers and the lack of production after the turnovers. I mean, I had this game, Cam and I both had this game over after the first quarter. 
when they go down and score twice in a row, it's like, okay, here we go. This is about to be a classic blowout when Brady comes in and they say, I don't know, this could be a close one, and then he blows them out. But then they get the pick, the first pick, they turn around and score, and you're like, holy crap, life, they're going to come into this game. And then Brady throws that second pick, and you're like, oh, my God, they're, the Packers are going to win. Like, I saw tweets. I saw a tweet from Big Cat. He was like, I hate to be that guy, but the Packers are going to win this game. And the, and the Packers just crapped it. The play calling was horrible. Um, and then you think, okay, well, now we got closer game, you know. And then Brady throws the third one, and you're like, okay, we're back in it. Let's go. Packers got a real shot here. And then they just do nothing again. And that was – to me, the biggest, like, that is just a snapshot of Rogers' career. Like, ample opportunity and no follow-through. Dill, thoughts on the game? Well, I'm going to bring it back to what you said about Brady uh, at the start of this combo. Um, I'm going to be on the side of Brady here. Uh, you have to accept, and I think you do, that it was time for the Pats to move on from Brady. I think that's... that's gen Because the team, is, you know, they're going into a rebuild session... And although I don't ag maybe agree with getting rid of Brady now, I can see the reasoning behind it. And I'm not going to be the one to sit back and be upset by the guy, you know, still performing when our team is trash. So I'm all for Brady winning because I like the guy and I under respect and understand what he did for the Patriots and what he's still able to do. So I love seeing Brady succeed in, in, on a, on a different team just because it's fun to watch him play because I appreciate the greatness. So it doesn't okay, bother me at all. Several things. I do not think it was time for the Patriots to move on from Tom Brady. If they had a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo sitting in the wings and they had talent at the quarterback position, they had any clue what they were doing, then yeah, it might be time. 100% was not time. They had no, no plan. I to totally disagree with that. And I do not accept that it was time for them to move on. The Patriots over the years have had these, these teams that like, have not been that great. Like you look at the time when they weren't winning championships and just going to the playoffs. Those teams weren't great, and and Brady, but Brady was good enough that you could retool easily and get back into it. Um, secondly, uh, people think that I'm not like I'm me not rooting for Tom Brady is disrespecting him. Tom Brady's the goat. He's the greatest to ever play the game, and I'm incredibly thankful and so happy that I had him for 20 years to do that for me for football. I mean, it's the reason I love football is Tom Brady. And I completely acknowledge that he is the greatest quarterback of all time, and he's, I'm totally on his side in terms of that. The reason I don't want him to win it. We lost you, Trey. Yeah, one sec. You hear me? Yeah, kind of. Not really. Nope. You got me now? Yeah. Okay, the reason I don't want him to win is because I don't want – the Patriots' legacy hurt, and I don't want pe to, to see him lifting the trophy. So that's my whole spiel with him, and that's why I'm not rooting for him. Well, I, I don't think it taints the, the Pats' uh, legacy. It, it does. Well, I'm already 100%. hearing it. I've already been hearing it was never Belichick. It was always Brady. You always have this quarterback to get you there. You know, I'm already hearing it. Yeah, of course the people are going to say that, but you know that's going to die down. You're going to look back at the Patriots' legacy with Tom Brady, and you're going to be like, damn, that was greatest group of football or span of football that has ever happened and i don't see brady succeeding under the pats in the next five years so and i it doesn't bother me that he's not on the, i mean it bothers me because i because i think he's still had 
time to be okay at the Pats, but I'm not going to root actively against him uh, on a different team. I just don't. It's it's I have fun watching him play. I like watching him play, so I'm not going to be upset when he wins. Do you have any anything in terms of the game at all? Any breakdown of the game? Any th- thoughts on the game? Are we going to dive deep in the penalties of, and all that right now? Yeah, I was going to say at the end that we could talk about the penalty if we want to go into that now. Yeah, let's just do it now. Uh, so yeah. okay, so this let, wait, let me no, let me start. So wait, wait, go, go ahead, Cam, go ahead. All right, go ahead. I want to be non biased, uh, non Patriots fan input on this, unless you want to talk about it later, but we're already on the topic. No, go ahead. Um, so, I think this is a completely different story if the Patriots make the playoffs of 11 and 5, and they win. Damn, your connection is shut, so bad. So bad. You're like cutting in and out everything you say. Hello. How about now? Go ahead, try again. So I'm saying I think this is a completely different story. No, yeah? Yeah, you're good. Go ahead. Okay, I think this is a completely different story if the Patriots weren't 7-9 and and probably should have been worse. Um, If the Patriots like 11-5 and maybe win a playoff game or something and then lose, I think maybe you root for Brady here because the Patriots still aren't bad. It doesn't prove that it was all Brady. Brady's obviously very good on a better team. The Patriots are still, you know, doing pretty well. Uh, I think, you know, I would have definitely won, um, especially without a plan moving forward. But, um... Yeah, I mean, I understand both sides of it. I think you're right, though, after thinking about it is more important than thinking about what could happen if the Chiefs, you know, if the Chiefs win this game, okay, Patrick Mahomes has two Super Bowls, the Chiefs had two in a row, don't know for sure that they're going to win them. More, you don't I agree, 100%. But it's just, it's just, it's just bad look. That the Patriots are terrible now, first going forward. Uh, but going back to my thing is, Cam, we're like losing you every other word. Hate that. I don't know. We're like right. losing you on every other word. I'm done. Okay. Uh, no. I. I think that yeah, that's. I think a, pay, a Brady win here damages the Patriots incredibly. Damages the Patriots. Been uh, saying it from week yeah, one. Yeah, but I, I still, yeah. I still don't believe that. I still don't think that that's right. I 100 percent do. You, you, you look at them, you say, how could they let this guy go? Uh, Belichick doesn't know how to run a team. These teams weren't that talented. They just had Brady. Belichick's not that great of a head coach. And the dynasty was Brady's dynasty, not. Um, Belichick's. I have a good analogy to give. When you think of the Miami Heat's championship in 2000, whatever, 13, who do you think of? Ty Lue. LeBron James, <laughs> not Eric Spolstra. When you think of the Cavaliers championship in 2016, who do you think of? LeBron James, not Ty Lue. So that's where I, that's where I think this is headed, and I think and I don't like it. So, but to go See, into the penalties, so they don't call penalties all game. The first pick that Aaron threw probably should have been a penalty, wasn't called. I was fine with it. It was a it was a jersey hold. It was it was you know touchy, 
Um, but the Brady, the, the final penalty that really pissed me off. First of all, there's hand grabbing going on all the time. Yeah, it was a blatant grab. He stretched the shirt out, but the grab on the Rodgers interception was on the shoulder pads, not on the undershirt, and that's going to affect you way more. Um, and the guy just sold it like he was going for an Oscar. He took a five-yard dive downfield. He didn't get touched. He just got grabbed on the shirt. I think it was a garbage call. I think the game was over anyways. It wasn't a big deal. The, the Packers still would have had to go down, so I'm not that angry about it, but I think it was garbage. And I'm just – I'm I, I, and I, I honestly think, I hate to say it because I was always against this argument, but that call got made because Brady's on the field. Because they think that Brady couldn't have missed that pass like that unless the guy was being held. It was a bad pass. I don't think the guy catches it even if the guy wasn't holding him. Was it uncatchable? Um, I think it was uncatchable. Yeah, probably. Um, I think the Brady reputation, they, they held the flag for like five seconds before throwing it too. I think the, they looked down and saw Brady with his hands in the air and said, you know what, probably we should call this here. This is a late game Brady. He doesn't miss these throws. So I think it was a bad call. I don't think it changed the outcome of the game that much, the way the Packers were playing cowardly. And um, I don't know. I just I, if you're going to call that, call it all day. Talk. Yeah, no, I mean, it was just inconsistently called. It was just I felt like they were letting things go all day and then they changed the entire outcome of a game. I'm not going to say that the Packers were going to win because they hadn't looked that great to me all day. I mean, their offense was shaky at best in the second half and a half where they should have been dominating. So I'm not going to say that it made it so the Packers didn't win because the Packers could have still easily lost this game. But um, you got to let the kids – if you let the kids play all day, you got to let them play at the end. You can't take control at the end. You just got to be consistent, and that pissed me off. Especially when the pressure's most high. I agree. Exactly. Uh, so initially when I was – that I wasn't keen. No. Are okay? Barely. Barely. Are you on Wi-Fi or are you on LTE? Dylan, I know you like the call, right? Yeah, I don't. I, I didn't hate the call, that's for sure. Um, I think you're right. I don't think he's catching the ball. I do think that you also are right that they should be more consistent. Um, if they weren't calling stuff all game, uh, you shouldn't be calling stuff that would be equally at you know an equal fouls type situation but th- this is one of those plays that's so blatantly uh, a pass interference call that um i mean you say it's an undershirt and you know it, you know a shoulder grab is probably more of a um a hindrance to the player than a shirt grab but if you watch the play in real time he he did slow the guy up a step. I still don't think he's going to catch the ball. That's for sure. And 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 if you go back to the the first uh, Rogers interception, the guy who's got his shoulder grab was also not going to catch the ball either. So it, it's one of those situations where the refs put themselves in a bad spot to begin with by not calling it, and then this blatant uh, potential call comes up late game, and it's just so blatant to the point where if you don't throw the flag. I don't think you see as many people whining because the the game was also like just let everybody play, but it was so blatant I can understand why they threw it. And so I have a nitpick that I think proves that the refs were blindly throwing the flag and then just talking about it after the play. 
And that's the fact they called it a, a DPI and not a hold, because that's what it was, was a hold. I think they saw the guy flop, they threw the flag, called a pass interference because the guy fell, not because necessarily they saw the hold. That's hearsay, that's a nitpick, but that's just my opinion. Cam, I think we have you now, so your thoughts on the call. Yeah, so I was trying to say initially that I didn't like the call. I still don't like, I, I don't like the call because of the inconsistency. I think it's a pass or a hold. Don't get me wrong, whether it was catchable or not. I think it's a hold. You got to call that all game, but you also have to call other stuff. I mean, what was there? Four penalties in the game, all in like the fourth quarter. That is not how it should be. It should be the exact opposite. If you're going to call nitpicky stuff like that, let them know early and then let them play in the fourth. Um, <clears throat> looking back, I'm fine with it. The Packers lost that game anyway, like I said earlier. Um, do they deserve a chance after, you know, not making so many dumb decisions? Yeah, sure. But at the end of the day, the Bucks deserve to win that game regardless. Um, and quite frankly, I think Packers, Chiefs, outside of it being the first Super Bowl ever, would have been dumb. I think Bucks, Chiefs is the, is the Super Bowl everyone yeah. wanted to see this year. The new goat versus the baby, or the goat versus the baby goat. Um, I'm, I'm totally fine with yeah, I, I agree. I think it, um, I agree. I think it didn't make that much difference, and I'm fine with it. I just want to know how we can get an, a crew into these NFC Championship games that knows how to call a football game. Because year after year, there, this, these plays come, this comes down to the last couple plays, and somebody bungles a call and yep. ruins the whole thing. And it, that's always going to happen, too. And, and there were, well, it's just the NFC Championship, it seems like. Every, all the other AFC games have been pretty clean. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You can look at uh, what happened to the Saints and over and with Minnesota, the Phantom yeah, the, PI. The you know, the, there's there's all. Oh yeah, the Rams. Yeah, the Rams. And so, and and throughout the game too, there were calls that holds that weren't called that favored the Packers too. So it goes both ways throughout the game. And it just happened that this one, it's just going to piss people off more so because it happened late. Look, I'll tell you one thing: the Super Bowl. Going to be the cleanest officiating game ever. You want to know why? Because there's a girl rap. Thomas, baby. Sarah Thomas, that's a winner for me. I will lock myself in the books. That's the one I was thinking of. Sarah Thomas is going to be in the Super Bowl. Said she's the best rep in the league. They believe it too. Um, I'm so excited. She's awesome. Um, I th- I truly think if people had a problem with her, they would have no problem in the heat of the game going up and getting in her face like they do with the other refs. Especially some of the people like. Bill Belichick did it. And, and, yeah, fine. I love it. I, w- I, I would hope that they do it. She's, she is incredibly consistent and very good at spotting balls that go out of bounds. She is the legend of the game. So let's move on to the AFC Championship. Uh, kind of a stinker. Uh, wasn't that exciting? Exactly how I thought it was going to go. Chiefs with an absolute route. Uh, Mahomes looks fine. Not not very hurt. Um the Bills got back in it a couple times. They led the game, but it just this Chiefs team, man, is so good, and they are, I think, just head and shoulders above everybody in this league. I think that the only team that could beat them is the Bucks in the Super Bowl with Tom Brady. I think that's the only team that could beat them at this point. Uh, they are disgusting. They would have lost one game if they didn't sit Mahomes that last regular season game. Um, I just think they're too much and the bills aren't ready yet. And I think that this is going to help the bills. Like I said, I think bills mafia, you know, you, you get back in the stadium next year, maybe, maybe don't come back to the stadium, let, let them play in, in peace <laughs> and calm. And, um, 
But you, you got something exciting to watch. Josh Allen, he's just he's just like that piece away from being elite. He's just missing one thing, and I think it's decision making, honestly, because a lot of times uh, yeah, you watch him, say that. he's you're like, what are you doing? Um, and then I I have a comparison. Uh, this new generation of quarterbacks. I saw a TikTok today that was like Brady. Oh, I Mahomes. just saw this. Mahomes is going to be the GOAT. You know, he's going to win multiple Super Bowls, un- just untouchable, winning every year. And Allen's going to be Rodgers, who's going to be the guy that's always consistently good, win a couple MVPs, go to the playoffs every year, and just not have enough to get there. And so far, it's been very similar. I mean, he gets to these playoff games, and he just doesn't have that extra step. So I'm not shocked by this one. I do want to give a big shout-out uh, Cole Beasley playing on a broken leg for three weeks. What a goddamn legend. I saw him limp off the sidelines at one point. I was like, oh, he's fine. He's just a stinger. Nope, broken leg. He's had a broken leg this whole time, but he played through it. He came back into that game, even after digging it up. What a legend. Uh, Bills, I think you got a bright future. I wouldn't be too upset. I think you're going to own the AFC East for a a little while here. But uh, Cam, your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I'll I'll mention a couple things. One, I love the Bills. I love Stephon Diggs staying after the game and just watching the ceremony, just getting heated for next season. Um, that's something that wouldn't happen in Minnesota. I don't think, I don't think he did that against the Eagles when they lost in the NFC Championship. Uh, it's, you can just tell it's a different atmosphere. The Bills are hell bent for leather on every single play. And I love it about them. I think if they can keep this team together, add Josh Allen, definitely he's missing something. I wouldn't compare him to Rodgers because Rodgers was kind of had it right off the bat it was just kind of establishing with the team around it give josh two more years and he'll he might be back in that game might be making better decisions he just seems like almost like clueless at times yeah like, am i gonna run in the sack chicken with his head off that's it no the sacks are the biggest thing he takes sacks for negative 30 way too often oh he's my god i lost my he mind has a, he has a cannon one play, he, he finally avoided the sack off his back foot, threw it like 60 into the yeah. stands. Sidearm. Like, dude, do that every single time. So, I like this team. Uh, like you said, though, the Chiefs are just too good. I will say, though, they cannot give up a lead like they do every single time. Um, they did against the Niners last year, 10-point lead. They were able to come back. It's Jimmy G, a quarterback. He's not going to put on the clutch moves and do what he needs to do to win. If you give Tom Brady... A double-digit lead, like they did with the Packers. Like the Packers did, they were able to come back a little bit. They couldn't close the gap. I think Chiefs had a better chance, but I would not risk going down early. They need to. I think they need to get the ball first. I think they need to get the ball first, score. Um, but obviously, we'll go back. We'll go in the Super Bowl a little bit deeper. But yeah, I, I thought that game. Uh, I picked the Bills, but it was kind of a political thing. Chiefs are unreal. Uh, Tucker. Uh, yeah, I, uh, thought this game was also a little boring. I honestly turned it off in the fourth quarter, which is not like me, but I just kind of knew what was happening with this game. It was kind of clear exactly what was going on. Um, the Bills fought, they started off hot, which I liked, but I mean, it's the Chiefs at the end of the day. This team, I was a little nervous about Pat Mahomes, whether he was going to be able to come back. At full health, I was thinking maybe he's, the concussion's actually bad and he'll be hurt or something like that. Nope, he's still Pat Mahomes. Um, Should have guessed it. But, yeah, so I think it'll be a fun Super Bowl. 
I think Tom Brady versus Pat Mahomes is the matchup that probably a lot of people wanted. So I'm excited to see what happens. Bill? Yeah, this is a classic example of a team being a 10 playing against a team that's like a 7 and just being too much for the team that's not as good. And and, and the Chiefs have done that all season long. They they probably haven't played up to as good as they can play uh, on their best day, but it's still way better than a lot of other teams. And then this was just a classic example. And you're right about Allen. Allen is just one of those guys. He's a young guy. He needs to watch some uh, vintage Tom Brady uh, and how to just get rid of the ball when you're under pressure and take the sacks for little losses instead of giant losses. I said it last week. Um, that's his biggest flaw. He just doesn't throw the ball away or he, he doesn't take the small sacks. And uh, he did that a few times in this game. I don't think it really would have mattered. I think they would have lost anyway. But those are things that he can improve on. And I don't even think that's that hard of a thing to improve on. And if he does that, then he's going to be, you know, way better than he is now. And you could see him being as good as a Rodgers is now in a few years if he can, you know, sharpen up on a few things. Yeah. All right. Uh, do let's do we want to do Super Bowl picks tonight or do we want to wait till next week? Let's wait till next week. All right. I'm fine with that. Can we t- so talk about the uh, the play the go for it or not going for it for the Packers? Oh my God! We even talk Are about the Bills that. or the Packers. The Packers, the Packers picking the field goal. Going for the field goal. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of mentioned that was a bonehead move. Um, you got to score anyways. You're giving Brady the ball back with two minutes. You're giving up the game at that point. Uh, I think it was dumb. I think Lafleur needs to do some serious reevaluating. I think it's just another case of I've talked about it in baseball. Nerds taking over. Some nerd in the in the front office said, "Well, our win probability here. If we kick a field. Shut up. Just hang your nuts on the table. Go for it. First of all, the play before that, Rogers should have run it. Uh, the play before that, two plays before that, he should have run it." Don't know what he was thinking there. He got too used to forcing it into Devontae. Um, but I think of the turtleneck. bonehead move, absolute coward move. And I think Matt LaFleur, if he pulls some type of stunt like that again next year, he should be out on his ass. Uh, Dill? Yeah, I, I think um, you, sometimes you're like, you got to take the points where you can take them. But in that instance, that late in the game, the game's on the line. you got to try to get into that end zone because the alternative is you just have to be at that same spot again two minutes later when there's three seconds on the clock. So you just got to go for it there. And if you don't go for it, the other team has the ball and and at the three yard line, and then maybe something crazy can happen. So it's just a weird, it's just a weird call. Um, It's one of those things where the coach is like, I'm going to outsmart them by doing something crazy. (laughs) I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. You're hundred percent right. If you miss that there, they're pinned at the five and not at the 20. And then they kicked it short. God knows why they did that. They kicked it short. I mean, Jesus. Cam? Yeah, this is so dumb. I read a statistic that it was like 2.5% chance, better chance of winning if you kicked the field goal. I don't think anyone did the stats on the sidelines. It was after the fact. you got to take into account Tom Brady at the end of the day and the account that you have Aaron Rodgers on your team who is supposed to be this god and you don't trust him to go for it on the eighth and fourth down. Never mind, you know, I think if you trusted your defense, you would still go for it there. Um, you'd get more time. They don't have a chance to return the kickoff. You still have a two-minute warning. Um, I, I, I just don't get it. 
honestly. Yeah, um, and, and that's a bad that's a bad call. And, and an equally just as bad call is the not playing zone defense on the last play of the first half. Like that's just those are the types of mistakes that a head coach can't make in games like that. They didn't yeah, deserve to win this game the, at all. That was the that was the um, the Jets blowing the coverage against the Raiders to win earlier in the season when the Raiders beat the Jets. It's just like you would think they were tanking on that play. I don't get it. They targeted targeted King, who was his first game back off of an injury, and they beat him to shreds. Um, but also, I can confirm that the the call to kick field goal was on the offensive coordinator. Uh, Ripped him up after the uh, was not happy about it. Which in that case, obviously, he can't call it, take a timeout. So when the field goal squad's running out there, you know he must have been upset about it. But you got to trust your guys. Obviously, it didn't work out. So I heard a great point on Felger and Maz this week that said oh, a, bun- a bunch of these a bunch of these head coaches in the NFL aren't head coaches. They're all coordinators. They control one side of the ball and then they let the other side of the ball go to the other coordinator. There's not enough of these guys that take control of the entire game and and you know are willing in this situation to make the correct call. I think you look at these guys with the coordinator backgrounds and they come in and they just control one side of the ball. They're just coordinators. They're coordinators with a shiny title. I think it's ridiculous. Tucker, your thoughts on the call? Uh, yeah. So here's my basic thoughts: is that I love analytics. But you have to run analytics properly, and if you're going to run this by an average, you have to factor in that one quarterback is Tom Brady and the other quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. So when you're saying that like they are, we have like a 40% chance of going three and out, starting getting them to go on a three and out, you're not facing an NFL average QB, you're facing Tom Brady. And then it's the same for whether you should go for it or not. You have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. Trust your goddamn quarterback. Your quarterback's which got you there. Your defense didn't get you to the playoffs, so maybe don't trust them in that situation. Wow, strong words from Tucker. Yeah, I All 100% right. agree. I want to touch on one last thing before we sign off, and it's baseball. So I don't know if you guys saw this, but the Hall of Fame elected no one to the Hall of Fame this year. The closest was Kurt Schilling with 71% of the vote, then Barry Bonds with 61, and Roger Clemens with 61. Some other guys have missed out: Todd Helton, Gary Sheffield, Andrew Jones, all kind of newcomers to the to the circuit here. I just think this is ridiculous. I I, I almost understand Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens because they did steroids, they did something to affect the game. I still think they should be let in. I think it was the era. I think that's why they did it. I, and I, but I see the argument. Kurt Schilling is just I, like he was a good player he had some legendary moments the bloody sock the reason he's being held out is because his political beliefs now i'll say right now that i do not agree with his political beliefs but that has, should have nothing to do with him getting into the hall of fame he's 100 percent hall of fame worthy i in my in my mind i might be biased because i'm a Sox fan but i just think that what why are these baseball these baseball writers are just old sad men who like just can't like can't get it up or anything like they hate home runs they hate steroids like these guys should be in bond should be in Cummins should be in no brainer and kurt schilling getting held out just because of his political police really gets me going so yeah he's a bit of a he's a bit of a strange character sometimes and he buys into conspiracy theories in that but what does that matter when it comes down to his playing uh dill i want to get your opinion on this as the baseball guy yeah, I, and you say you're right. I think a lot of these writers are full of themselves when it comes to these things. Uh, 
you know, those names, we've talked about Bonds and Clemens over the years. But the other guys on that list, even Todd Helton. Todd Helton was an absolute legend. He led the league in uh, batting titles for a long time. He's he's an incredible hitter and a great defensive first baseman as well. Um, and, and Kurt Schilling, too. I don't know what his wins are, but it's got to be up there. He played a lot of years and was very good in his early years. Um, I, I don't know. Like You look at Derek Jeter went in last year with almost unanimous votes. And, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't, these the guys and uh, Andrew Jones, also a legend too. I think they're hall of fame worthy. I can understand them not going in right now, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a weird crowd. You have to be like in with the crowd, with the writers in order to, in order to make it. It's not always based upon your, your stats at the end of the day. And it's really sad to see. Um, I think it's preposterous thing. that it's a political affair. You yeah. have to like, yeah, that you have to kiss ass basically to get in. Yeah. Uh, Tucker. Yeah. Did you see the uh, one guy basically put out one of the writers put out his own article about the decision making, the decisions he had to make, and they think of themselves as superheroes. Oh yeah. It is one of the wildest things in the world. Uh, let me. I want to find the. Um, exact quote that he had because it was one of the funniest things I've ever heard. But these guys literally think they are superheroes in making these decisions. And I mean, come on. Like, I don't even agree with Barry Bonds because regardless of what you think, like, he was iconic because half the league was juicing then. And for him to be as dominant as more than half is absolutely absurd. I mean, no, I, I 100% agree with that. These I guys mean, view themselves as the gatekeepers of baseball that have to keep the game pure and clean and like nice. Yeah, Part of the reason baseball is dying, in my opinion. Uh, Cam, um, do you have any? Uh, oh, sorry, I have a quote. Um, Tom Verducci. Oh, yeah. The weight of history in your hands is heavy. <laughs> this, man, this man thinks he's a goddamn hero. Uh, Cam, any hilarious. thoughts on the, on the Hall of Fame? Yeah, and they only have one year of eligibility left. So I'm curious. I, I don't think any of them get in. I don't. No, I don't either. I mean, it, it, they haven't been let in yet, and they're still 14 points behind, four points behind. I don't see it happening. Um, and the big one is uh, Pete Rose. Pete Rose needs to be let in the Hall of Fame, and that's just a fact. Oh, he's not even on the ballot. Yeah. So it, it, it's tough right. because Barry Bonds, as an example, he was literally the best hitter to ever play the game. Pete Rose is also best hitter to ever play the game. You could toss a coin with those two. Like watching Barry Bonds is at bats. If you just like watch some of his greater at bats, it's unbelievable the the eye that he had. Yes, unbelievable the plate coverage that the guy had. Um, you know, those are things that you don't get with steroids. You get, the things you get with steroids is just pure raw power and, and physical ability. But you, you don't you, you lose you don't your mindset of how you go about playing the game isn't enhanced. And and these guys were legends at it. They they and they were doing it in such an era where other people were also enhancing their their physical strength as well. At, you know, probably greater than fifty percent. You talk to some of the guys. 
who played back in that era and they were like yeah it's just what everybody did and it wasn't even illegal until they made it illegal for a while there they were all doing it and it wasn't even illegal and then they changed the rules and and then people got um hit with it so it's it's definitely political definitely stupid it's annoying um you should respect the the things that players have done regardless of if they kissed ass or not it's just sad in my opinion cam Oh, yeah. I was going to say, just last thing, if you haven't seen the Pete Rose commercial, um, I highly recommend looking that up. It is hilarious. I won't give any spoilers away. If you haven't seen it, go look it up. You'll have yourself a quick chuckle. Uh, I think it's a, what is it? What kind of Skechers? Yeah, Skechers commercial. Look it up. Funny. That's all. Um, yeah, I think my last point is it's ridiculous that think about Barry Bonds. He's the all-time home run leader. Leader, like he is cemented in MLB history on these lists of top home run hitter of all time. And the fact that the league acknowledges his accomplishments, but the Hall won't, is a serious disconnect for me that I don't understand. It's like the, I think the MLB needs to step in here and say, like, what the hell are you doing over there? But, it's just but it's the, ridiculous. The league doesn't even enhance it too, because when do you ever watch a broadcast of a game and they talk about Barry Bonds? It never happens. They they completely exiled him from even being spoken of. It's it's crazy. He, well, it's just the fact that he's on the list and he, he can't get in. Like he's he's cement. Like if if I would understand if they're like he's barred from the hall and he's not the home run leader because of steroid use. But he's a home run leader, and there's nothing you can do about that. My, my point is more like general conversation. People don't talk about how unbelievable of a hitter he was. They talk about you know other guys that were good or maybe even better in some aspects. But you know he was so good, and people never bring him up. They never show like, oh, look at this clip of Barry Bonds doing like that. It never happens. Yeah. They never talk about it. It's a huge problem baseball has, marketing their stars. I mean, people don't know. What, who's the guy? Kenneth Farid is is more looked up than uh, Mike Trout is. So, all right. That's the last thing I had. I just wanted to touch on that real quick. Uh, two more weeks till movie time again, boys. So get ready for that. Um, and uh, It's hockey we season. Will, we, yep, yep. And um, so next week we'll have our full Super Bowl preview. And uh, I'll put up a poll tomorrow for Waste Take of the Week. So we'll recap that. And um, check us out on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, thanks for getting Waste with us. We'll see you next week. See ya.